When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm back. Rudrance for our Black and White Network. Let's talk about Mark Cuban, the billionaire owner of the Dallas Mavericks. And you may be like, wait a minute, this is not Black and White Sports. I get that. But this really has less to do with him being an owner of the Mavericks as much as it does him slamming the hell out of Elizabeth Warren. Now, here's one of my issues with doing this because, you know, you sort of get poetic justice in this for who you support in your politics. Now, oddly enough, and I don't know how many people know this, there was a time Donald Trump and Mark Cuban were tight. Yeah. There was also a time when Mark Cuban was considering not only running for president, but was considering being a VP of Donald Trump's back when he was talking about before he ran in 2016. My goodness. How somebody falls right off a cliff. Well, Mark Cuban has went nuts. He embraced Black Lives Matter, Marxism, socialist uh, principles, the whole nine. Shilling for the Democrats. And now it has come back and it has bit him in the ass because it looks like it's going to bite him in the uh, pocketbook. So this is sort of poetic, poetic justice. I don't support these billionaires getting nailed, by the way. You know, I, I don't. I know. I know. Even some conservatives do. Uh, But look, there's a lot that drives this, right? I say America's a business, and and these people with these businesses, they do churn the wheel, okay? Uh, So, And I, I, I just don't think it's fair for Democrats to target somebody because they're wealthy. Well, wait a minute now. I'm wealthy, so you want in my pocket? I worked to build this up. I created this, and now you want to put your filthy Marxist gloves into my into my co- coffers now so I don't I don't blame Mark Cuban for being mad but again his politics supported this this is the Daily Caller screw you Elizabeth Warren Mark Cuban lets it rip on Senator over taxes and uh, there's video of this we're going to play it billionaire Mark Cuban ripped Democratic Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren on Tuesday over her proposals to hike taxes. Cuban made the comments at Vox Media's Code Conference in L.A., where he was discussing women in politics and critiquing the two-party system. Quote, everybody just takes your money in little chunks, and all of a sudden that adds up. And because you give them these little chunks of money, you have to root for your team, Cuban said. The entrepreneur then took aim at Warren, saying that while he'd be willing to accept a tax increase, Warren's plans take it a step too far. Quote, I don't mind being taxed more, Cuban said. I wrote a blog 20 years ago saying it's most patriotic thing to do after military service is to pay your taxes because that's what allows everybody to, you know, to live and to prosper. But yeah, 
the idea of just soak the rich billionaire tears. Let's sell that cup. He wasn't having it. Let's play it. But, yeah, the idea of just soak the rich billionaire tears, tears that sell that cup. Mm-hmm. Screw you, Elizabeth Warren. You're everything wrong with politics. Okay. Wow. Okay, then. All right. Wow. <laughs> Can you imagine? He actually said that in L.A. It's a, I'm surprised he made it out of town alive at this point. Warren, and, and look, even though he's in L.A., there's some of them Hollywood folks out there that remain. Look, they got to operate in the shadows at this point. Conservatives are literally in hiding in Hollywood. That is a fact, by the way. They call it the New Hollywood Blacklist. Warren has proposed a, quote, ultra-millionaire tax, which would tax the wealth of American households with a net worth greater than $50 million. The proposal, introduced in 2021, would have placed a 2% annual tax on households with a net worth between $50 million and $1 billion. Those with a net worth greater than $1 billion would face an additional one percent surtax. So I guess uh, uh, Cuban would be looking at uh, a three percent tax. I don't know how that would work because I'm sure he's got a bazillion write-offs. I don't know. Okay, uh, hell, I'm not a I'm not a stock, and I'm not a uh, I'm not a uh, financial analyst, so I don't know. That's that's John's gig. Okay, uh, but you get the point. It's pretty surprising that that Cuban come out and said this. Not only did he say it. He said it to a woman, and he said it publicly. So look, in the philosophy that I like to call blind squirrel nut, right? Blind squirrel finds a nut, leftist Mark Cuban, and I'm sorry, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban considers himself, actually, last I heard, he actually still thinks he's kind of a, a Republican, or at least a moderate Democrat or a moderate Republican. Look, Mark Cuban's a rhino, okay? He's kind of a... A rhino voter, right? Well, right there, the, the the billionaire version of Liz Cheney is pissed at Elizabeth Warren. Well, look, this is the kind of thing you supported. You could have Trump going on right now, and you and him could be sauntering around, um, you know, working these deals, and he would be preventing things like this from happening. But you decided to go out there and, and, and open your mouth up against Donald Trump. This is, you reap what you sow, Mark Cuban. I don't agree with the premise, and I don't agree with Senator Warren doing it, and I, I give him credit for publicly calling her out. I'm just surprised she ain't been canceled yet, or he hasn't been canceled yet publicly over this, and I bet it's because this hasn't made the rounds enough. Because when Twitter gets a hold of this, they're going to annihilate him because they adore Elizabeth Warren. She's worthless as tits on a boar hog, for crying out loud. Tell me what you think, black and white network supporters. Poetic justice for Mark Cuban. Next time, don't get a case of TDS. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. You're tuning into... Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. 
Link in the description. Use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word. 25% off now. I'm back. Rudrance for our black and white sports. Well, one of the things we've been watching on this channel for quite some time, and especially over on Black and White Network, is, of course, the failures of one radical democratic socialist mayor known as Lori Lightfoot. That's right. Uh, it Her and her crime-ridden city that she helped develop and cause. And yeah, it's they've had a lot of crime for a long time, but it certainly doesn't help when you run out there and defund the police about three years ago. Yeah, it turned into an absolute war zone at that point. Well, one of the things, one of the fallout things that's happened from that is the fact, and this is very sad, in my opinion, the Bears are leaving Soldier Field. That's going to happen at this point. I don't know what can stop it. And uh, one of the reasons, and we'll just do a quick flashback, is is going to be crime. Um, some new news has broke for that, but let's just let's just see where we're at right now. For the better part of the last century, the team has played at historic Soldier Field in downtown Chicago. The stadium was built in the 1920s when it was common for professional sports teams to play their home games in the heart of major cities. Where there is consider there was considerably less automobile traffic and generally safer streets. But throughout the twentieth and twenty first centuries, increased inner city traffic, as well as an uptick in crime, have caused many teams to move out of downtown into the outskirts of major cities or even outside the city limits altogether. The Bears are reportedly the latest club to seek a new location, as we know. They're talking about uh, Arlington Heights. And this just came out. This just broke. City has, quote, plan B if Bears decide to leave Chicago. Now, I've heard rumblings of this for a while, that Chicago is looking at a second NFL team, maybe. I just don't see it happening. I just don't see that another NFL team is going to want to come in there and go to Soldier Field, which is sad, but with the crime down in that area, they're not going to go. No team's going to go down there. Why? Because a lot of people aren't safe. They don't feel safe in that city anymore. That is an indictment of Lori Lightfoot. Without a doubt, the Bears are expected to detail possible plans for moving to the suburbs, but Chicago has backup plans, Mayor Lori Lightfoot said. The Bears have for months made it clear they're looking to abandon Soldier Field and moving to Arlington Heights. The team officials are scheduled to present conceptual plans for an Arlington Heights stadium at a 7 to 9 p.m. Thursday meeting at John Hershey High School in the suburbs. Lightfoot, speaking at an unrelated news conference Tuesday morning, said the city has made a, quote, compelling case for the Bears to stay there. She hopes the team will decide to remain in Chicago, she said. Quote, we're going gonna continue our discussions with the league. Lightfoot said, we've got a plan B, a plan C, and others in the works if the Bears decide they're going to abandon the city of Chicago. Of course, this radical leftist, doesn't care about the historic bears. Of course she doesn't. I hope they don't, and we're going to keep fighting as long as we possibly can. Lightfoot didn't say what those backup plans entail, 
though she's hinted she could try to bring bring another team to Chicago or the city could redevelop Soldier Field and the surrounding area for concerts and other uses. There is the release from the Bears uh, about their uh, proposed plan that they're going to give Thursday evening. The announcement is the latest twist in the stadium drama between the Bears and the city of Chicago, a saga that dates back to the 70s when the team first threatened to leave Soldier Field for Arlington Heights. This time it is real. The city and the Bears rebuilt Soldier Field in 2002, but it remains the smallest capacity stadium in the NFL. That's also a problem. And the Bears are tenants of the Park District, meaning they pay rent and split many of the revenue streams. Mayor Lori Lightfoot has tried to convince the team to stay by offering to build a dome over the stadium, but many saw it as a Hail Mary. And she, uh, she said something to the effect of, I believe she proposed a $2.2 billion situation to try to improve it. The Bears lease at Soldier Field, the NFL's smallest stadium with 61,500 seats, runs out in 2023. The Bears pay rent to the Park District for Soldier Field, split revenues, and have little expansion possibilities. A move to a new site is expected to mean potentially multi-billion dollar Bears-owned complex that would create a flood of new revenue streams for the team. No details on how the Bears would finance the project have been revealed. The Bears moved into the Park District-owned Soldier Field in 71, but threatened a move to Arlington Heights several years later. Then-Mayor Richard J. Daly threatened to sue to block them from calling themselves the Chicago Bears if they moved. His son, Mayor Richard M. Daly, also had... Years of tense negotiation with the team who threatened to move to Gary, Indiana in 1995. The Bears could break the Soldier Field lease as soon as 2026 by paying an $84 million penalty to the city. The Tribune has reported that price tag goes down in future years. Big cities opting for more room in the suburbs is not unprecedented. The New York Giants, New York Jets moved out of the city decades ago for New Jersey, the 49ers, Cowboys, and Washington football team also play outside the cities they're named after. Lightfoot built a committee of civic leaders to come up with a new version of Soldier Field and the surrounding museum campus in hopes of keeping the Bears in town or having a backup plan if they bolt. Yeah, here it is. $2.2 billion dome proposal. Uh, it's just not going to happen. I just don't see any way that the Bears are going to be able to stay there because if they've got concerns that's built on the crime in that city, as long as you have Mayor Lori Lightfoot and people of her ilk, and by people of her ilk, I mean socialist Democrats in charge, crime is going to remain bad. I said, look, every weekend or every week on the network channel, we do a weekly weekend war zone update on Chicago. All right. I mean, ridiculous. Dozens injured this past weekend, eight fatally shot, and the Bears have had enough. And who can blame them? I mean, NFL fans in general probably make pretty good money to be able to go to an NFL game, and I'm sure they'd love to go without the idea that they may get shot in the head by a stray bullet, which happens all the time up there. 
all the time. It's sad that this is where we're at with the Bears, but this is where we're at with the Bears. They're done. They're done. They're taking their Justin Fields, and they're moving to Arlington Heights. The Bears got a new, what could be, finally, a franchise superstar quarterback, and the Bears are going to move to Arlington Heights. You can send Lori Lightfoot a uh, thank you note. As with everything else in Chicago, she has now officially failed with the Chicago Bears. And I'm going to tell you, I've seen some of the folks that potentially is running for mayor against them, and they're all a bunch of Lori Lightfoots, it seems like. What is wrong with the people up there that keep voting? And that's the thing about Illinois. A lot of people don't realize you get outside of Chicago, it's all Trump country. It's all, I know people in Illinois, a lot of people. It's all Donald Trump country outside of that war zone in Chicago. Peace. I'm out. Till next. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rudrance for our Black and White Sports 2. Let's talk about Mac Jones, a guy I made a lot of videos about last year coming into the season. I made no bones about the fact that he was my second favorite quarterback coming out of that draft. I thought he absolutely should have been the quarterback the 49ers took um, if they were going to trade up to the third spot. Hell, if they would have stayed in the 12th spot, that was the quarterback they should have took. He was so plug-and-play for Kyle Shanahan's offense. Flash forward, and uh, Mac Jones has drawn a very high, high bit of praise from a Dallas Cowboy legend, of course, Hall of Famer Troy Aikman. He's made some comments, and he really sort of says some things that I agree with uh, because I do believe, and I have thought this from the moment he was drafted, there are some similarities between Mac Jones and Tom Brady, okay? Um, you know, I'm old enough to remember Brady coming out of Michigan. I'm a Michigan fan. And uh, some of the same traits, the way they study, all this sort of thing. And I said last year, I thought he was going to beat Cam Newton out for the job. He did, okay? And um, I think Mac Jones has got a great future. However, I do not, and since we're covering this, I do not like what the New England Patriots have done on offense. I don't like the fact that they decided to change the offensive scheme. In case you guys don't know, the Patriots are trying to do the Kyle Shanahan offense, not the Josh McDaniels offense. Why they decided to change the offense, I don't know. A lot of, a lot of Patriot pundits I follow, they're kind of baffled by it too. I also don't like the fact that they've got this sort of... Um, this combined offensive coordinator situation between Belichick, Patricia, and Joe Judge. I hate it. Okay? Now, word has it, the Patriots decided to go that route because they didn't want to pay up to get an offensive coordinator. You know, they could have went and got Bill O'Brien. That was a thing. Bring him back. They would have had to went and got him from, the, from Alabama, brought him back. But that supposedly, and I still think it's got to do with money, but supposedly, they didn't want to bring Bill O'Brien back because the Patriots view Bill O'Brien as a guy that's either 
going to get another NFL head coaching job or definitely going to get a college job. One of the two as a head coach. Yeah, believe it or not, NFL owners and teams are still high on Bill O'Brien, the coach. Not the personnel guy, but the coach because of what he did in Tex- uh, for the Texans. I mean, I know a lot of people are like, whoa, Bill O'Brien? Yeah. that's absolute- Bill O'Brien was a major rumor down around the Jacksonville Jaguars before they got Doug Peterson. That was a thing. Now, Troy Aikman, let's get to this. Larry Brown Sports. There have been some concerns surrounding Matt Jones and the New England Patriots offense heading into the season. That's what we just got through talking about. But one Hall of Fame quarterback seems confident that they will eventually straighten things out. Troy Aitman, who is entering his first season as a color analyst for Monday Night Football, spoke with ESPN's Mike Reese about Jones. The three-time Super Bowl champion said he is not surprised by the reports and New England's offense is struggling in the post-Josh McDaniels era. I think a lot of people thought that was a possibility. However, Aikman said he has gotten a chance to spend some time with Jones and had a flattering, if not popular, comparison for the former Alabama star. Quote, I like Mac Jones. I really do. I think he possesses everything you need to win in the NFL. He's a lot like Tom Brady that way, which has not been a surprise as to why he ended up in New England. I think McDaniels and Belichick absolutely saw the same traits that Brady had, and that is why they were all over him. I truly believe it. And it it should be noted, by the way, another quarterback I'm high on right now is Davis Mills. Well, if they hadn't drafted Mac Jones, they were taking Davis Mills. And if you didn't pay attention to the last five games of the Texans' season last year, Davis Mills showed his ass. And the Houston Texans have got a real quarterback down there. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that. He struggled early, got, got put on the bench, but when he came back, you could tell Davis Mills had figured it out. Aikman also spoke about how difficult it is to find a good offensive coordinator. A lot of people have questioned Bill Belichick's approach now that McDaniels is gone. Matt Patricia, who made a name for himself as a defensive coordinator under Belichick, is expected to call plays. I don't get it. Former New England Giants head coach and Patriots special team coordinator Joe Judge has also been involved. Again, I don't get it. Quote, I have had a chance to play for a couple of the best who have called it or who have done it. Ernie Zampezi, North Turner. Man, when you get that play caller and they're in sync with the quarterback, it's like being in step with a dance partner. It's the greatest feeling in the world, Aikman added. So you think, so I do think they're going to miss Josh. Maybe they already do, but if anybody can overcome it, obviously it's Bill. He's been the best to have ever done it. Early in the offseason, the consensus seemed to be that Jones was working harder than ever in inserting himself heading into year two. He has probably done all of that, but some of the recent reports about the Patriots offense have been troubling, to say the least. Jones will turn 24 on Monday, this past Monday, 
It is unlikely that anything happens in 2022 that will define his career, but he has plenty of challenges ahead. Aikman seems to think he can overcome them. Um, Yeah, I think he can overcome them to a point, okay? It, look, I've been keeping up with this Patriots training camp a lot. It's been ugly. (laughs) It's been really ugly, okay? Um, Jones at times has looked good. But you can tell the play calling feels like it's just all over the place. It's like there's no rhyme or reason, almost no running game to speak of, okay? And they're trying to install, right, that zone blocking scheme that Kyle Shanahan's got, and their running game is a disaster in New England all of a sudden. And that's concerning, okay? I think, I think Mac Jones has got all the long-term potential in the world would it shock me with the right offensive coordinator if Jones, Belichick, win a Super Bowl at least one? No. I think they got the guy at quarterback. He's not even an issue. By the way, I noticed Mac Jones, take, Mac Jones takes heat for the same thing you used to hear about Brady. If the guy's not a dual-threat quarterback now, there's just a section of NFL fans that think the quarterback is trash. I mean, that's just all there is to it. Uh, yeah, we're going to see how well Trey Lance works out. Um, I'm sorry. I think you need that almost uber uh, robotic in the pocket. And, you know, this is where Mac Jones is sort of underrated. He's got really good mobility in the pocket, up, down, side to side, short, intermediate passes. Um, And when you can do those two things, maneuver up, down, side to side in the pocket, and hit short to intermediate passes, you're going to win a lot of ball games in the NFL, a lot just like Tom Brady, okay? But, yeah, the Patriots got to figure something out with this offense. They truly do. Now, there's been some word, and uh, I don't know for sure, but there's been some word that maybe they've made some progress the last week. Okay, now, something you got to remember about New England, the first four games of the year is always going to be experimental. All right, that's the way Belichick looks at it. He sort of have, has anybody noticed? Even when they had Brady, they would sometimes go two and two, you know, uh, uh, one and three in the first four games, and then all of a sudden, boom! They just went on a run and killed everybody. Well, they started slow last year, then they got good during the middle part of the season. They kind of struggled to 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 end the year, and then the Bills creamed them. In the uh, you, you found out then the Patriots just didn't have the horses uh, to keep up, right? That defense, Jesus, they got rolled. Tell me what you think, Black and White Sports 2 fans. Troy Aikman with high praise about to take his Monday night football job for Mac Jones. I agree, but New England's got to figure out offensive coordinator. Peace. I'm out. Till next. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rudrance for our Black and White Sports. We're going to talk about Tom Brady because People Magazine has literally just put out an update involving Tom Brady, involving his marriage, and it is confirmed. Okay, Giselle 
is pissed. She is mad that Tom Brady has restarted his NFL career and that he is back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is what caused this particular rough patch. They're trying to work it out. And again, I say this has on-field potential implications because you have to wonder, is this going to head to an ultimatum? Okay? Either you don't play or we're done. So if I'm a Buccaneers fan, I'm a little nervous about this right now. Okay, again, we're talking last one or two years of Tom Brady's potential career versus a marriage. So I'm, I'm kind of surprised he has let it get this far, if you want to know the truth. Tom Brady and wife Giselle Bunchen, quote, hitting a rough patch in marriage. There's a lot of tension. Sources tell people Bunchen, quote, wasn't thrilled at all that Brady went back to the NFL after a brief retirement. Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen are in a disagreement about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback decision to play another season in the NFL, and the choice has led to, quote, a lot of tension between the longtime couple, sources tell people. The 42-year-old Bunchen, quote, wasn't thrilled with her husband's decision to end his retirement from professional football earlier this year after only two months. A source close to Brady tells people, quote, there's a lot of tension. She was so happy. Wow. She was so happy. When he announced his retirement, and she wasn't thrilled at all when he went back. They're hitting a rough patch, the insider continues. But I know they're trying, or at least he's trying, to figure it out and make it work. Uh Uh-oh. He wants to get through this and for things to get better. Rumors of the rift between the couple increased after Brady was excused from practicing with the Buccaneers last month to, quote, deal with some personal things. Head coach Todd Bowles said in a press conference at the time, according to Bowles, Brady, and the team, they discussed the absence before the start of training camp in July. Brady spoke about the absence from the team after he eventually returned. Everyone has different situations they're dealing with, and we all have unique challenges to our lives. Brady told reporters, I'm 45 years old, man. There's a lot of shit going on, so you have to just try and figure out life the best you can. You know it's a continuous process. On Labor Day weekend, Brady and Bunchen, who share Benjamin Rain, 12, and 9-year-old Vivian Lake, appear to spend time apart. And it goes on to talk about what we talked about yesterday in a video where he went up and he watched his son practice. Another added of Brady, Tom was in great spirits and chatted to all the parents talking about this practice that he went to for his son. He flew all the way up there for a scrimmage. He's such a sweet dad, and he's always there for Jack. Yeah, it's my understanding he's a he's an absolutely awesome uh, father in the situation. Um, during a 2020 Howard Stern Uh, show interview, Brady opened up about the struggles he and Bunchen had previously faced. He shared that at one point in 2018, Bunchen, quote, wasn't satisfied with their marriage. A couple of years ago, she didn't feel like I was doing my part for the family. She felt like I would play football all season 
and she would take care of the house. And then all of a sudden, when the season ended, I'd be like, great. Let me get into all these other business activities. Let me get into my football trading. And she's sitting there going, well, when you're going to do things for the house, when are you going to take care of the kids to school and do that? So, yeah, he was sort of like missing the dad life there, too. Um, So that is the update. But this confirms to us right here what has sort of percolated out, but nobody has just come blatantly right out and said, this is absolutely football-related. Well, it's absolutely football-related, okay? Now, that leads me to another thing, because his flirtation has been going ongoing with the Miami Dolphins for four seasons. Okay, back when he was getting ready to leave the Patriots. Talk of ownership and all that. Now, I had heard at one time Giselle wanted to go to Miami, okay? I don't know how accurate that is, but that's what I had heard anyway. Back when the Miami Dolphins stuff first came out and shocked the world, Sean Payton was going there, and Brian Flores blew it all up. Uh, but this is wild. I I again I, I continue to say this has got on-field implications because I got to be real. Would not shock me if he ups and walks right away from football. I know a lot of people are like, no way that's going to happen. Really? Under the circumstances? I think that's absolutely on the table. And then we've got an NFL team, one that looks to be a serious Super Bowl contender that will not have a quarterback. Okay, Kyle Trask. All right, Blaine Gabbert. Are they still Super Bowl contenders with Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabbert? No. I mean, what quarterbacks are really and truly on the market? And look, this was an offseason. Tampa Bay could have went and got a quarterback somewhere and didn't do it, right? By the way, yeah, Jimmy G's got a no-trade clause unless he decides to waive it. Just throwing that out there. Uh, (laughs) Bruce Arians, deep ball or not, he might look good if you look up and Blaine Gabbert's got a ball in your hand. Trust me. I'm a Niners fan. I've seen them both throw the ball. Yeah. So I keep bringing him up because he's really the only quarterback. I mean, what are you going to do? Go out and get Mason Rudolph? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, Tell me what you think. It's confirmed. She is pissed. Now, that does raise another issue. How upset was she about the fact that he took that high-profile Fox job? That's something we haven't talked about either. And that's going to take him away from the house. Kind of sounds like Brady didn't want to be home, to be honest with you. It's kind of weird. I mean, I don't know. It's it's odd. You guys know I'm a massive Tom Brady fan. I mean, he's up on my wall right back there. Um, so I'm really keeping an eye on this. This is really interesting. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. 
Link in the description. Use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word. 25% off now. All right, guys. We're going to be talking about the Los Angeles Lakers here in this video. As you guys know, last season was an unmitigated disaster for the team led by LeBron James, who's also not only their best player, but the general manager. Yeah, LeBron James engineered that team that was um, a disaster. They finished 11th in the Western Conference. They couldn't even make the play-in tournament. And as you guys now know, the play-in tournament actually has the bottom four seeds, which end at the 10th seed. They couldn't even beat out the San Antonio Spurs. That's how bad it was for the Lakers. Well, now, guys, they have a new season coming up, and they're going to try to rebound from last season, a season in which they actually went um, the last three months of the season without winning back-to-back games. Wow. But anyway, Patrick Beverly is now on his team. I guess he's going to be the backup to Russell Westbrook, if Westbrook actually still remains on the team. Well, since LeBron and Anthony Davis did not make the playoffs last season, Patrick Beverly really did take a shot at his new teammates. Check this out, guys. On OutKick, new Lakers guard Pat Beverly shamelessly calls out LeBron AD for missing playoffs. So he is the new acquisition to the Lakers and he wants everybody to know that um, he's not playing with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They are playing with him because he made the playoffs last year and they didn't. That's not my words, folks. That is his words. He's not playing around. So let's go ahead and play this clip here. You'll be playing with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They will be playing with me. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. I made the playoffs last year. They didn't. That's the difference. <laughs> Have you guys started talking yet? Yeah, of course. Yeah, but I'm for. I'm, I'm glad that, you know, we get a chance to play with each other than, you know, anything else. I'm excited to see it go on. I'm excited to, you know, to get the battling going. Well, let's play it one more time. You'll be playing with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They'll be playing with me. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I made the playoffs last year. They didn't. That's the difference. Man, he. I think he's serious about that too, guys. I really, really do think he's serious. Now, I don't know how LeBron James actually feels about that because that was definitely a shot at um, LeBron James for missing the playoffs. Now, we know it's been a very, very long time since LeBron James uh, missed the playoffs. I believe you probably have to go back to his rookie season. That may actually be the last time. But, man, you talk about some disrespect here, man. Pat Beverly, the backup point guard who's going to be coming off the bench if uh, Russell Westbrook still remains on his team takes a shot at LeBron James like that, man. Talk about disrespect right there. But I said it before, guys, that Lakers team, man, that was the most disappointing season in Laker history. And what does that actually say about um, LeBron James when the new backup point guard comes in and shows no respect because you missed the playoffs? He's basically saying, hey, they're going to follow my lead because I made the playoffs, man. Guys, that, that's pretty funny right there. I know I'm not laughing, but, man, it's kind of funny. I'm laughing on the inside about this. Uh, Anthony Davis, I never believed that he was a top-five player. Uh, Anthony Davis has never undone much with a team when he was the man. Now, LeBron James, he's a four-time NBA champion. But still, Pat Beverly coming out and saying this, man, you know that things were really, really bad for the Lakers. Now, 
I don't think that the Lakers are probably going to make the playoffs again. These guys are not getting any younger. LeBron James is going to be uh, 38 years old um, in December. It's going to be a long, long road for the Lakers in uh, 2022 and 2023. I really don't see them making the playoffs again. This is bad. And, of course, LeBron James got extended uh, after this season. He has one more season. Then he can actually opt in for the next season. I don't know why the Lakers actually gave him that extension, but they did. That was a big mistake. But that's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word. 25% off now. I got to tell you guys, man, Corinne Jean Pierre, I bet she probably was not expecting this to actually happen to her from Fox News' Peter Ducey. Now, in Beijing, Biden's own speech, when he was attacking MAGA Republicans, he brought up um, election deniers. What he really meant was, you know, that um, people that actually question the 2020 election, if you are on the right, because we know, folks, if you're on the left, it's perfectly OK to question elections. But if you're on the right, Beijing Biden said that you are a threat to democracy, complete hypocrisy, folks. And we know that I put up a video, I believe. A week or so ago, and um, Democrats have been um, denying elections for like the past 20 years. I talked about uh, Sheila Jackson Lee in 2000, refused to acknowledge that uh, George W. Bush won that election. We already know how Stacey Abrams feels about the uh, 2018 Georgia election. We know that. And of course, you know, Hillary Clinton to this day refuses to acknowledge that she actually lost the 2016 election. But if you're on the right, hey, you got we got to lock you up. You're a threat to democracy, all this other crazy stuff. Well, Fox News is Peter Ducey, man. He pretty much wrecked Corinne Jean-Pierre because we found out, folks, that she is an election denier as well. Check this out, guys. Over here on the Daily Mail, you can see here it says that's a ridiculous comparison. Corinne Jean-Pierre snaps back at Fox News' Peter Ducey for grilling her on why she said Trump stole the 2016 election after Biden's MAGA Republican speeches. Boy, this does not shock me whatsoever, man. It really, really does not. But we got the clip here, folks, of uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, who is actually terrible at her job, by the way. Um, I'm, pro- I'm probably pretty sure a lot of people are missing uh, Peppermint Patty. Because Corinne Jean-Pierre is just not good, folks. But um, check this out, guys. A follow-up about the MAGA Republican attention. So if we're all in agreement that it is incorrect to say the 2020 election was stolen, what about the 2016 election? Look, 
I'm not going to go back to where we were or what happened in 2016. We're going to focus. That's because you got busted. On the here and now, we're going to focus on what's happening today. Uh, this inflection point that the president pointed out uh, very clearly, very decisively, uh, in in a few speeches about what the country needs to do at this time to bring the country together. And he believes that's where majority of Americans are when it comes to protecting our democracy, when it comes to protecting our rights, and when it comes to protecting our freedoms. That's what we're going to talk about. That's what we're going to focus on on where we are at today. But just in trying to understand understand the new attention on the MAGA Republicans. You tweeted in 2016 Trump stole an election. I was waiting, Peter, when you were going to ask me that question. Well, here we go. You tweeted Trump stole an election. You tweeted Brian Kemp stole an election. If denying election results is extreme now, why was So let's let's be really clear. That that comparison that you made is just ridiculous. I have oh, been, yeah, I have ridiculous. been, well, you're asking me, you're asking me a question. Yes. Let me answer it. And you said it was Wait, ridiculous. I was, I was talking specifically at that time of what was happening with voting rights and the, what was in danger of voting rights. That's what I was speaking to at the time. Yeah. Okay. Nobody is buying it whatsoever. This, this, the typical Democrat playbook here, voter suppression, that kind of thing which has been proven to be a complete and utter lie. But look what we have here, folks. This is from Corinne Jean-Pierre, December 17, 2016. Um, She tweets out, stolen emails, stolen drone, stolen election. Welcome to the world of hashtag unprecedented Trump right there. And speaking of uh, Georgia, by the way, this here is from April uh, 2nd, 2020. She puts this out. Reminder, Brian Kemp stole the gubernatorial election from Georgians and Stacey Abrams. She put that out there. Now, folks, if I came on to YouTube right now and said that um, uh, the 2020 election was stolen for Joe Biden, YouTube would kick me off. I'm not saying it whatsoever, but I'm just pointing out the hypocrisy here of uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre putting this out right there. Man, Twitter tweets. The Internet is forever, folks. These people are complete and utter hypocrites. Complete hypocrites, man. I'm not surprised whatsoever that um, she got busted. It's right there, folks. It is right there. I mean, is Corinne Jean-Pierre a uh, threat to democracy, uh, Joe Biden? Because um, clearly she is an election denier as well. She is. It's in, it's in plain sight right there, folks. These Democrats are hypocrites. They're hypocrites, man. When things don't go their way, you know, it's OK for them to go out there and say what they want to say. But if you're on the opposite side of the political spectrum, oh, no, you're a threat to democracy for pretty much doing the same thing, being vocal about um, elections. This is not shocking to me, man. This is not shocking to me whatsoever. Um, Midterms are coming up, so if Democrats get blown out in the midterms, I'm wondering what some people in the Democrat Party are actually going to say. What about uh, 2024? If that comes and Trump is back in office, what are they going to say then? Will there be election deniers then? We'll have to see, man. But 
That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white network fans, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. And we'll catch you next time. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word. 25% off now. All right, guys, we're going to be talking about the woke left here in this video because, folks, when I found out about this topic here, if you read the title of the video, you already know what it is, but um, men getting pregnant. Now, guys, I'm not woke. I'm not an idiot. I understand science. When people say that men can get pregnant, I think something is absolutely wrong with that person because men cannot get pregnant. They just can't. We don't have the right equipment, okay? I want to be very, very clear about that. But to the woke left, they believe that men can get pregnant. What they're actually talking about is biological women. Now we all agree that biological women can get pregnant, but they're talking about, you know, these, uh, women that want, want to identify as men. They want to call them men. And it's supposed to be all the same, all equal. No, it's not. We're made differently. We're made differently. I'm a man. I cannot get pregnant. I don't have ovaries. I don't have a uterus, none of that stuff. But I believe that a uh, wokeness is a religion in itself. And these people are completely off their rocker folks. And we're mainly talking about Democrats here because this is even shocking for me to actually hear this and see this. Even from Democrats. Check this out on Daily Wire, guys. Nearly one in four Democratic voters believe men can get pregnant. That is like 25 percent. 25 percent, guys. Of people are insane that actually believe that. Men can get pregnant. Let's read this on on the Daily Wire. Nearly one in four Democratic voters believe men can get pregnant, according to a new poll. The online survey conducted by WPA Intelligence from August 22nd to 25th found 22 percent of Democrats agreed with the statement. Some men can get pregnant. The percentage rose when only including women and a whopping 36 percent of white college educated female Democrats concurred. I'm stunned by that. Thirty six percent of white college educated female Democrats. What are they actually learning in, in college? What are they learning? This is just stunning right here. That people would actually fall on the woke sword and agree with this stuff. It says here, quote, overall, few Americans think men can get pregnant, said WPAI managing director Connor McGuire. Quote, but but with 36 uh, percent of the core Democratic constituency, college educated white Democratic women and one out of uh, five Democrat voters believe in this, one can see why. Democratic leaders 
coddle the radical gender theory movement. Close quote. You know what? And it's probably that um, the uh, progressive left of the Democrats really, really have been pushing this stuff. And these Democrats voters, Democrat voters are falling for this garbage. Men can not get pregnant. Just can't. You just can't. And you know what, guys? I believe there's a bigger agenda here. To actually push this and push this stuff in schools so they can start uh, telling this to like a uh, seven and eight year olds that, hey, men can get pregnant. You know, when you go to school, probably even daycare, they're probably going to actually have like a uh, pregnant men, which is ridiculous because it can not happen because they want um some little boy that's like a uh, three or four years old to grow up with a little little doll with a pregnant man. Thinking, hey, I can get like this one day, too. No, you can't. This is a dangerous religion that's being pushed out there. It says here, the poll underscores the left's growing embrace of a radical gender theory that biological sets does not dictate gender. People born female can later identify as men while retaining the ability to reproduce. Hence the claim Men can get pregnant. A recent uh, Pew Research poll found that only 5% of young adults in the U.S. believe it's possible to identify into a gender that differs from their biological sets. And honestly, folks, that number seems pretty high right there, 5%. Let's just be clear. When it comes to your biological sets and gender, there is no difference. Just not. Now, there's some people out there that think that there is, you know, that's why they have this whole transgender thing and gender identity thing. Uh, the uh, I'm, I'm gender non-binary, this ridiculous woke stuff out there that they're actually pushing on people. And then they come up with this weird language. You know, they don't want to use the word pregnant woman. They want to use like a uh, birthing people. Who was the uh, Democrat that actually uh, said that she's from uh, St. Louis? Cori Bush, you know, the uh, woke socialist progressive. Yeah. She actually was pushing that woke terminology that people, you know, just don't identify with. But I'm just stunned by this, man. I'm really, really stunned that even this many Democrat voters out there believe in the woke nonsense that men can get pregnant. When in reality, folks, they they have to know that this is not possible. I mean, a person that is uh, identifying as a trans man is a biological woman. That is a woman. That is just a fact. Now, a biological woman can get pregnant. That's a fact. But to say that men can get pregnant. Nah, man. No, this is complete and utter insanity. And this wokeness needs to stop or else, folks, we won't have humanity's doomed. Humanity is doomed if the left gets their way. This country is going to be doomed if the left just starts Really, really pushing all of this into the school system out there. We won't have a country. We won't have a species because the younger generation today will be so confused that they won't end up reproducing in the future because of wokeness. That's just the way it is. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white network fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. And we'll catch you next time.
are tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rudrance for our Black and White Sports. Well, I saw this and I was like, oh, there's no way I could pass on an opportunity to get all three of these race hustlers all into one video. Somehow, some way, this all just came together. Because we're talking about former WNBA player Dawn Staley, who's the South Carolina coach that recently decided they weren't playing basketball games against BYU over a race hoax involving a Duke volleyball player, Rachel Richardson. Yeah, by the way, still no evidence of that crap ever happening. Total, total, full-on Jussie Smollett, Bubba Wallace. Wait a minute. Bubba Wallace is in this. Yeah, why? Because somehow, some way, Don Staley and Bubba Wallace came together. And while they were together, I'll be damned if Don Staley wasn't shilling for WNBA player Brittany Griner because, oh my God, free somebody that hates America. These three could not have come together in a better scenario. I mean, it's the perfect storm of, of race hustling morons. All in one video. Let's look at this. Oh, my goodness. Goodness gracious. Oh, my God. We are BG. Crying out loud. WNBA Hall of Famer had a message for Bubba Wallace whilst making strong Brittany Griner's statement at Darlington, essentially sports. Um, Just wondering, is has Bubba Wallace ever won a race yet? I'm just wondering, has Bubba Wallace ever won a race yet? I don't know. I don't know. Women's National Basketball Association Hall of Famer. They have Hall of Famers? Okay. Don Staley recently shared a picture with NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace on Twitter. <laughs> Son of a bitch. On September 4, 2022, Staley attended... The Cookout Southern 500 (laughs) at Darlington Raceway. The two-time champion was the honorary pace car driver at Darlington. Oh, my God. NASCAR is literally burning right now. It's burning to the ground. Holy Jesus. Oh, race hustlers everywhere in NASCAR. Wow. You want to talk about not knowing your fan base? I mean, this is it. During her time at Darlington, Staley got a chance to meet 23XI driver Bubba Smollett Wallace. The two of them clicked a picture together. I thought they were going to say they clicked right away because they got so much in common. And the Olympic gold medalist shared the photo on her official Twitter account. Oh, oh, here it is. Right. Oh, there's that son bitch right there. He is the son bitch that started it all for this channel, blew this channel up because he found that good old garage pool rope in his NASCAR garage and went on the national media tour saying it was a a damn noose. <laughs> we all remember that. I mean. Meeting at Bubba Wallace was a thing. I don't even know what that thing means, but okay. What a great guy. Go win that thing. At Too Tough to Tame. Hashtag Southern 500. And there she is right there. 
Oh my God! Cancel all college games at BYU. In the picture, Staley was seen sporting a quote, We are BG badge. <laughs> the badge was a symbol of support for fellow basketball player Brittany Griner arrested at the Moscow Air- Airport. The Phoenix Mercury player, Brittany Griner, was, of course, accused of illegal narcotics to Russia. It was reported that the basketball player was carrying vape cartridges containing Harry, uh, hashish oil. Well, it might have been reported, but she admitted to doing it. So, you know, there's that. And here she is. There it is right there. Let's just get it blown up uh, so we can get to the virtue signaling from Dawn Staley. Hashtag free Brittany Griner. 198 days safe from the national anthem. My sister and friend at Brittany Griner has been wrongfully detained. That's a lie. In Russian prison. BG, here's my daily message of love and strength. Oh, I didn't know she did a daily message. Thank you. We are still working on behalf to get you home. Love you, BG. We are BG. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, Does that stand for bogus goods? I don't know. I don't know. It seems like if it doesn't, damn it, it should. It should. Being the honorary pace car driver, Staley got a chance to interact with drivers and pit crews for the race. Yikes. Wow. In an interview before the race, Dawn Staley opened up about her experience at practice. As I get older, I don't have a need for speed, but but certainly being here, it gets your juices flowing. All right. And look, that's the other thing. Let's be real. Okay, that's part of NASCAR's problem is they're reaching out to people that don't give a shit about racing. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. Uh, They don't. Um, But it is what it is. This is virtue signaling on behalf of everybody. NASCAR, Bubba Wallace, Don Staley. I mean, my God. Um, Maybe since Patrice Cullors slid out of the of the BLM. Maybe Don Staley wants to take that role as the newest Marxist. I don't know. So here we are. Celebrated Brittany Griner wrongfully detained, even though Brittany Griner admitted to doing said thing that she's actually locked up for in Russia and everybody is rolling over themselves, flopping around and breaking their backs and offering up scumbag Russians and scumbag Russians to be named later and whoever else they can get to get Brittany Griner, a person who hates the national anthem, and last we checked, didn't like America that much. I bet the tune has changed now, Brittany. Maybe, maybe. Marked safe today. 198 days. Boom. Safe from the national anthem. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word. 25% off now. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports.